0: And welcome to the Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers from HittingPerformanceLab.com. And on the phone with me, I have one of my good friends, and he just reminded me of that, Joey Wolf (laughs) of Paradigm Sport of Santa Cruz, because I spelled his last name like the animal wolf without the E on the end. And he asked me, how long have we been friends? And (laughs) So there you go. So welcome to the show, Joe.
1: Thank, Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, all I know is that you go by Joey, I go by Joey, and I never forget your first name.
1: It's Very easy to remember our names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so a little bit about JoJo. Is, uh, JoJo, I met him my freshman year at Fresno State. We were on the road roomies, and we got lots of inside inside uh-huh. jokes and uh-huh. stories about that, which we, we won't have time to go into on this show, maybe another one. But that's where Joey and I met. Joey was a catcher at Fresno State. And a really good catcher. And we can go into that probably in a future episode. This one, I wanted to focus more on the the performance side of things, but he runs Paradigm Sport, which is a strength conditioning place to do a lot of mobility, stability stuff in Santa Cruz, California, which for those that aren't in California, it's central coast ish. And is one of my personal favorites, we actually just came back, my family, from vacation there and, and got to hang out with Joe and we got to catch up a little bit. We definitely didn't get to talk about everything we wanted to, but, um, you know, we always have a good time. Yeah, Joe?
1: Always. I love when you come into town.
0: <laughs> so, hey, give, give some of the people a little context. What I know we talked about the Fresno State freshman year. So what, where did you end up on the baseball scene?
1: Yeah, so I, I left Fresno uh, after my freshman I wasn't playing much. I was, like Joey said, I was a catcher. Uh, the guy in front of me was a sophomore, so I didn't see myself getting in getting the starting lineup anytime soon. So I transferred up to Kenyatta, which is a, it's a junior college up in Redwood City, California. Uh, I have an older brother that played there, was all-state uh, there. Ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Kentucky and had a really good relationship with the head coach, Sir Mike Garcia. Um, and so I went there for my sophomore year, and then I got a full scholarship to go play at a small Division One school out in Northeast Louisiana called Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. So I played there for two years. I uh, got drafted in the 33rd round of my senior year in 2003 uh, by the Toronto Blue Jays. I played about two and a half years in their organization. I ended up retiring from baseball, sadly, uh, on Memorial Day of 2005, uh, just kind of fell, fell into the same position I was in at Fresno, just wasn't really playing very much. Um, the two guys that were playing in front of me actually ended up playing, both of them played in the major league. So mm. I, I, sat, I sat behind some pretty good players. But, uh, you know, I was a senior, senior uh, sign, and I was older. I think I was 24 when I retired. I didn't see myself making to the major leagues. And as much as I loved baseball, my ultimate goal was to do that. Once I felt like that wasn't going to happen, I felt like it was time to move on.
0: Right. And I think you're in a much better spot. You know, it's like, I remember my cousin who's, who's a dentist. He he told me when I was in high school and Said, "Oh, that couldn't be true." He used to tell me the 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 best the best teachers were the ones that f- that failed at their whatever they were whatever they're in, right? And I think now with what you're doing, which we'll get into here in a second, I think you you can bring that experience and talk up a bunch of the athletes that you work with, which which I got I got the honor to meet when we were there. Um, so give me the give me the origin story of Paradigm Sport. Why did why did why Paradigm Sport? and what what's your what's you guys's main mission
1: so the the reason we got it it's funny i'm at the stanford camp just kind of add on to what you just said i'm i'm actually i'm driving home i was i'm working the stanford baseball camp uh this week which i went to when i was in high school and to your last point there are a lot of i've been getting the opportunity to talk to a lot of these coaches and i think the way you just said there's a lot of truth to that and i've also heard that same thing but um, i think a lot of why people become really good coaches that quote-unquote failed at the whatever it is they're coaching is because um they they have a perspective that it was like man if i just knew some of this stuff when i was playing i could have really done something with it right um and i and i find myself in that same position and not just with baseball but obviously uh kind of to answer your second question parent sport is the athlete training center so we work with we work with all different types of athletes not just you know major leaguers and minor leaguers we we have high school kids. We have, you know, middle school youth kids. Uh, and we also work with their parents. We work with general fitness athletes alike. So parent, uh, people that are looking to just get in shape, maybe played high school sports and, you know, they kind of got away from that. And they miss training like an athlete. So we work with a, a, a broad range of athletes, a at paradigm. But we we focus heavily on baseball because obviously that's my background um, and, and I still love it very much. And so. Um, so we, we do, we do try to do a really good job of bridging the gap between the, between the training and, and the actual skill acquisition side of it and try to blend those two and merge those two as as, quick, or as best we can.
0: Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> I know that being there and watching you and this multiple times, not just this last time, but work with your athletes, uh, and, and by the way, I mean, Joey's working with surfers too, like professional surfers and some cool, cool athletes. all athletes are cool, but I think that's even cooler to, to work with surfers and, and, and athletes like that. Um, but when I first, when I ran back into Joe, what was that 2012 was that the perform better summit in long beach? Was that 2011?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's 2011, but yeah, somewhere around
0: there. Somewhere around there, yeah. So I ran into Joe, and you know, we're out, we're out in Long Beach, and I just run into him, and he was working for somebody at the time, a gym that I think was in what Santa Cruz or Aptos or something like that. Yeah, and- yeah, Rocky yeah and and so that's what i really love about joey is that he's out there always trying to discover new things explore ask questions experiment and what i really noticed in this last one was a lot of the mobility stability stuff that that you do with players is that how big of a part of your programming is that
1: uh i'd say it's Large part, I mean, it depends on the athlete, right? If if someone needs more mobility, then we're gonna we're gonna focus more on that, and if they need more stability, they're gonna do that. But we do a, a little bit of it for every athlete, but we need to assess them first and see what what their specific needs are. But um, but yeah, because uh, I don't know if we want to get in the weeds of it, but there's you know we, we we could we could be trying to get a hitter to load into his back hip, but if he doesn't have the hip mobility to to properly hinge, then it's just like beating our head against the wall. So that's one of the things I love about on-base Hue and what mm-hmm. Greg Rose and his team are doing over there yep. is they, what they talk about a lot is that you know there's not just one way to swing or to pitch. You know, there's one right way for each individual, and there's certain principles that are going to apply to everybody. But it's our job as exercise practitioners uh, or medical practitioners, depending on who who you are, to really figure out where are the discrepancies, and then. Uh, either a you know figure out how we can fix that and that might be a long-term play so b find a workaround you know so if somebody's lacking uh internal rotation on their on their you know their their back their back legs let's say hitting And so if you're right handed batter, your right leg mm-hmm. then maybe have them externally rotate their their foot a little bit on on their setup so there's little things we can do to, to kind of help you know cheat it if you will but But for all of our athletes, we're trying to, we're trying to figure out where their deficiencies are and what we can do to help kind of make them become the best athlete they can, they can be.
0: Right. Now you, what kind of screen do you guys use in the beginning? Like if an athlete comes to you for the first time, you do like an FMS, do you do the on base? You I'm sure has their own kind of screen. Is there a specific kind of screen that you guys use a movement screen?
1: Yeah, so with with our just general population athletes, we do some elements of the functional movement screen. So yeah. we do the deep squat, we do the active straight leg raise, we do the shoulder mobility screen for them. If it's a it's a if it's a baseball player, um, we well, in, in addition to that we'll do some table tests. So we do the Thomas test stretch to, to test uh, anterior hip mobility. Right. We do right. uh, we, we try to look for FAI to see if there's any kind of impingement in the hip. We check both internal and external rotation on the hip, and then we're looking at shoulder flexion. So those are for our general fitness athletes. So if your mom or dad came in, that's what we would do with them. But for our baseball players, it gets a little bit more, um, a little bit more detailed. So we'll do all of those things, um, and then we will typically have them take their shirts off um, just to see how their scapulas are sitting and see how that, see if they're, you know, if they're in a depressed state or if they're able to get upward rotation when they bring their arms up overhead. And then we'll do some more, some similar table tests um, that we do with the general fitness athletes. So, uh, and then now that I'm on base, you certified. I got on base, you certified right before COVID. Cool. Um, that, was a, that was the last flight I took before everything got shut down. So, um, so I do the hitting screen. Um, I think there's 11 screens, I want to say. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then uh, our, our, we have a pitch, we have two pitching coaches on our staff and they both are on base, you certified for pitching. And so. We'll have our guys come in and, and do those as well.
0: Cool. Do you guys have any data on that? I know you have a cage over there next to the next to the gym. Do you have I don't know like ball exit speeds before and after? Basically, doing screens, doing the corrections, and then do you have any kind of data that's yeah. showing the difference after you put them through the screen and, and do the movement corrections?
1: Yeah, we, we we do. so? We ran a program for the first time with with using the on base view information um last uh november through uh february i think it was a 10-week program and we were able to yeah we were able to get some data now honestly i don't think that the, that that amount of time was we were able to elicit much change in right. regards to like yep. mobility. uh but definitely strength because we had all the guys doing strength training for, uh, three times a week but what we we're doing um with them is we we're using those um axe kind of driveline trainer bats they have yep. to overload our yep. look. Right. Um. And everybody from our um from our the, there's 33 athletes that did it. Every single one of them uh went up a little bit both in bat speed and exit velocity. Some went up as high as 12 miles an hour with exit velocity. Wow. Now that's that, that's like a huge jump. And honestly, I think it's because they were getting a lot of mishits the first the first week. But but I mean, we averaged I think around three and a half to four miles an hour on both exit uh, velocity and bat speed over over 10 weeks
0: cool and so that was a little bit of the screening and the correction of that and the overload underload training correct
1: it's, yeah so yeah so exactly but so it was, it, it, those guys were coming in we would take them through and of, 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 uh, swings so they were getting anywhere from like 50 to 70 swings using those bats um and then a lot of it like i said was the strength conditioning program we were doing um with them because these kids are like anywhere from like 12 to 18. Mm-hmm. and so for some of them they you know they've never picked up a weight or got any kind of strength training in their life um, right. so obviously they're gonna get they're gonna get some significant gains in fact i don't want to i don't want to digress too much but uh I, I just told you about this um this stanford baseball camp i I got to listen to Coach Esker talk, um, who's, uh, for those who don't know, he's the head coach for Stanford Baseball. And uh, obviously they just got back from Omaha. They were in the World Series. And uh, I've heard he's a very good talker, so it's been a, a joy to listen to him talk to these kids. And he was talking about something that his wife, I guess, I think he said his wife is uh, like a psychologist or something like that. Mm-hmm. I may be getting that part wrong, but he was talking about learning. And I think in learning, he's talking about development, he's talking about you know, fill in the blank, but I think this applies to what we're talking about right now because he talked about. You know that first ninety percent is like pretty easy to get. Like it's, it's you know and it's fun because it's so easy. So you talk about like a baseball player in this specific example or a golfer who's just starting out. Like they're going to get significant gains, significant gains right away. Right. Um, and I think for some of our younger athletes that were doing this this uh, protocol, they were able to get significant gains right because they haven't been doing anything. And another part of what what helped I think for these kids is. They, they went from, like, zero to 60. They went from, like, hitting, like, never <laughs> to hitting three days a week. So that's going to help a lot, too. Yep. And then, and then he mentioned that then there's that 9% where that's like, hey, this is, like, really hard. Like, I mean, you're working pretty hard. You're getting gains, but they're coming a lot slower. Um, and I'd say that's kind of where our 18-year-olds were. You know, they were, they were working hard, but they, their, their gains weren't nearly as, as, as massive as the younger kids. And then there's that one percent, and those are the kind of the Mitch Hanagers of the world, where they're basically doing everything right already. And in order for them to get one percent better, they're going to have to do, you know, twice as much as the guy who got ninety percent better. That's just starting out. Um, so I think that's that's true in all all walks of life, but definitely and specifically in what we're talking about right now.
0: Right. I agree. Yeah. That, that learning part of it is a big one. And for those listening out there, they're going to have kids that they're probably training their own kids. They might have a team where they're coaching a team, or maybe they're instructors that are teaching or own an academy that are working with hitters. And you're going to have all, all walks and you have to take that factor in. I talked to uh, talk about these, like they're accelerators, right? So when you, when you start addressing mobility, stability issues with players, it's not real sexy and you might not see it, the results right away. Like you said, you know, I think you said long play sometimes. Um, but as they get better, you're going to notice their, that plateau that they would have reached without intervention is going to happen, or it's not going to happen. They're going to keep climbing that ladder. and And that's, that's what I love about it because I remember when you and I were in college, it was all about strength, conditioning, strength and conditioning, right there, there really wasn't much in the mobility stability side of things. And I remember getting stuck in lifts, whether it was strength or being able to be able to push enough weight or bust through a, you know, get, get a 400 pound uh, squat and, or, or with the cleans, you know, being able to get above 125 kilos or 135 kilos or whatever it was. And we weren't being addressed. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine our shoulders, no mobility work really when we were playing. And I could imagine that, that a lot of our shoulders were just dynamite waiting to, to explode.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, and you you kind of mentioned when we met, when we first met, I mean, my biggest fear when I got into this was like oh. hurting someone like you know, it's like the, the, the problem with personal training is the barrier entry is so low. So, yeah. you know, you, you get you, know, you get certified and all of a sudden you become an expert. It's like, well, I, you know, I'm pretty honest with myself. Like I'm far from an expert. So I was just learning as much as I could um, early on. And I, and I still try to, it's a little bit harder now, with, you know, when I'm running a business, I feel like most of my continuing education is in business, but, um, but I'm still trying to keep my sword sharp with, with training and conditioning, but yeah, I mean, I you see some of these things that either we did or that still kind of take place today where they're trying to move weight, where it's like, look, dude, you don't have the shoulder flexion to go overhead, like you should not be doing an overhead press or a snatch or anything like that. And kind of early on, I learned, um, you know, there's time within a program to do that. We'll either do it normally at the beginning during our warm warmup, uh, or another time we like to do it is kind of as a filler exercise for during our strength training session. So if, let's say my A1 is... Um, a trap bar deadlift, you know, I, in my, my A2, you know, while I'm resting from that heavy lift, uh, maybe something where, like, maybe a 90-90 hip stretch or something where I'm opening my hips up. So, yeah, once I kind of figured out where to plug these in, it made sense. I think kind of go back to your last point, like, it really is an accelerator because if, if I have a guy who can't hip hinge, but he sees, like, one of our pro guys doing, like, a 315-pound Romanian deadlift with a barbell, He's looking. like he's like, oh man, that's that's impressive. It's like, well, dude, you, you can't hinge with a dowel on your back, so we're <laughs> never really going to safely be able to get to that. So once you kind of give them context, I think it, it starts to open their eyes a little bit. But you're right. I mean, it's it's far from sexy, and they don't want to do it. But if you can kind of educate them on why it's important, I think that goes a long way. And and when you're working specifically with a baseball player, you know, you talk about, you know, you can put it in the context like, hey, look do you want to throw harder? Or do you want to hit the ball further? Well, you know, this is going to allow you to load in your hip, which is going to allow you to do that. Then it's like, Oh, okay. That, that, I'll do that then. Mm. But if you just say, Hey, these are really important. You need to do them. They're not, you gotta give them the why.
0: <laughs> I love it. So do you, do you actually have so, some of these baseball, do you have softball players that come through there? I'm sure you do.
1: We, we, no, we, we don't actually. We don't. Oh, you and don't. that's something, no, we don't. And that's something I wanted to tap into because, um, you know, I, I got to meet uh, Don Slot at On Base U. He he's pretty much does most of their hitting stuff. Yeah. For those that don't know Don, Don played the major leagues for I think 16 years, um, and he's a re- he's a really good hitting guy. And he's actually the hitting coach for the UCLA Bruin softball team. And obviously, they're a very good team. And I asked about that because I cause it's similar to how I was with swimming conditioning, it's like I don't know anything about softball. Like I'm not gonna someone i can do do uh, you know work on their softball swing but he he, he told me he's like joey it's, a, it's exactly the same as a baseball swing and so i would like to oh, i would like to start doing that i mean we're, our, we're so busy right now as it is but that's definitely a market i'd like to tap into for sure
0: Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. And I I would agree with, with coach Don that, that it is very, very similar. There might be a a couple small things just from the fact that they see a ball coming off the hip versus over, over the head and things like that with your, with your male versus female athletes that come through the gym, what are some, some major differences in movement that you've seen that like maybe movement dysfunction? Is there, is there a difference between your males and females, or is it just about, you know, is there a pattern that emerges there the difference between them?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Joe. Um, yeah, so for our female athletes, I'd say most of them, not all of them, are more uh, mobile, so some hypermobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work with some soccer players. We actually work with a lot of uh, female oh, soccer yeah. players. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of ACL tears uh, for, for women. So we're always trying to strengthen around their knee as best we can. So I'd say girls, women, uh, but mostly girls, kind of teenage girls, I have a tendency to be a lot more mobile um, than than the, than the uh, male athletes they're working with at their age. Um, that would be probably the main thing. Um, as far as the cognitive side of it, I feel like uh, girls listen way better than boys. Uh, much easier <laughs> to coach girls than it is to coach boys. Right. Um, but uh, but from a physical standpoint, that would be the big one. And obviously, um, the strength thing at the high school level, is, is that's where things start to kind of really separate, where the males get get can get a lot stronger than the girls. But... Um, but yeah, but but to be honest with you, we work with uh, far more boys than we do girls, and there, there's really no reason for that other than um, we just for for whatever reason. I think that we just became became more known for a baseball training facility, so we get mostly baseball players.
0: Right, and and you guys do a lot. I didn't realize that until I saw you this last time that that you guys aren't just training. I think it started off that way, but you guys are doing teams. You're doing um so you have what i think four teams you said travel teams that you guys are working yeah
1: yeah we had four in the spring and we have six this summer um uh-huh. but yeah we yeah which has been really was good for us for covid because um the restrictions weren't as black and white as they were for the fitness mm-hmm. and so that really helped us but yeah we, i i guess for for me um I, I i like to have kind of everything in house which to be honest with joe it's, it's made it it's making it like a a, a really long play for us Mm -hmm. in terms of, in terms of like being able to grow the business. It's been really hard um, because we're doing so many things. But in my mind, when I started, and that's kind of where the name paradigm came from was it's kind of a, it's kind of a shift in the model of training and kind of trying to get training and, you know, the skills, the side of the sport, baseball in this case, all kind of under the same roof. And Greg Rose talks uh, very eloquently about this with you know when you, when you go to on base you about you know he talks about it's like formula one and where there's you know there's the pit crew there's the car there's the racer um like the actual driver and how those all of those people need to interact together and communicate in order for the team to really excel and i feel like when we were playing joe like i felt like the training conditioning guys never talked to the to the hitting guys or the head coach and so for me, it's like, it's, I really like having everything in the house. So we develop relationships with these kids. The, the coaches can have a conversation where they can both pitch and catch and understand what it is when, what, you know, each other are talking about. And so, like I said, it's been really hard. It's taken a long time. Uh, you know, we've been in business now for seven years and I feel like now is kind of the time where we're starting to see the fruits of our labor. I feel like things are finally starting to kind of yeah, take kind off of like- for us, which is really exciting.
0: Um, go ahead yeah it's like an like an incubator you guys are creating an incubator for the the end result obviously being the the athlete and being able to perform in the game but there's a lot it's like 10 percent of the iceberg right above the water and you got the other 90 percent below that that you're working on
1: exactly so yeah so so we started the travel teams uh, mainly i don't know if i told you you're there but I, it, for me it was so hard to get kids to come in and train and i never understood it. it's like and, and I, again, I, I, I'm working in strength and conditioning station at Stanford Camp, so I'm talking to these kids about this, and it's like, right. you know, it's like you have to connect the dots for them because they can't connect them by themselves, which is, <laughs> which blows my mind. Um, but but I mean, that, that's that's how it is. And so yeah. so all these parents come in for lessons and he's playing a travel team, and he's not doing any training during the off season, and they're like, well, he just like supply. I'm like, okay, well then that's that's easy. Let's just get a travel team together. And then we'll, so we started doing that and that's worked out for without a perfect model, but it's definitely it's definitely easy. and then, and then we're also getting the coaches hit on the field. Are you still there, Joe?
0: Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah you were breaking up okay. just a little bit but uh, yeah you're here. Okay. Yeah what do you
1: what what if I lose you? What uh what do you want to do if I lose you
0: here? Oh you're good. We're we're starting to get to the end here so I can okay. always okay. you know we can audible it or whatever. Um okay so Speaking of pitching and catching, you just mentioned that we're getting, I uh, want to be respectful of your time, got about four minutes or five minutes or so. Uh, I know we talked about the catching, so you're going to start to go online. Well, you've been trying to go online, and we talked about that over the last year or so, um, but you are putting together, or you're almost done with the catching course. Uh, so, talk a little bit about that, and, and maybe kind of the future of Paradigm Sport being online. Maybe some people out there that don't live around Santa Cruz area can reach out and possibly get some training in.
1: Yeah, so I I, I figured when once this once COVID hit, I've been I've been thinking about this for a while about doing something online, but I decided now now is a good time as any. So uh, I started a separate business. It's, it's obviously in line with what we're doing with our brick and mortar, but it's called the Players Paradigm and it's just a way to kind of reach more kids, and um, I, like you mentioned, I was a catcher, I feel like there's a lot of intricacies of the of the catching position, and so I, I created a course, um, like, I feel like I filmed the course, uh, now I'm, I'm getting everything kind of in order, and I'm trying to, you know, put it on, get it on a website, and get it so people can purchase it, but yeah, I just feel like I feel like uh, there's so much to base the nose of it, but we're also, you know, we're talking about the conditioning side. There's all those, but really to me, it's like, you know, what's this really all about? And it's really about
0: these kids'
1: kids skills, like soft skills are going to serve lives. So, you know, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. You, Go uh, ahead.
1: You want to keep, you want (laughs) to (laughs) keep...
0: Uh, we'll, 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 keep going. We'll try, uh, try a couple more minutes.
1: So just, um, just trying to get kids.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. I got Joey, Joey back with me. Had a little bit of an audio problem that tends to happen when, when driving, you know, Joey's coming from Stanford, Stanford baseball camp and, and coming home to Santa Cruz. So, um, so welcome back Joey to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's see if we can finish strong here. I know we were talking about the catching, the online program. So, what I want you to do is I want you to share with the with the group, those listening, what, what where people can find you to get, get some more information and let us know when that catching program is going to be done and ready to go. Okay.
1: So um, that's the million-dollar question. Um, <laughs> my my goal my goal is to have it done by August first. Um, like I said, all, everything's already filmed. Trying to get it up on YouTube know, and get it, get it going to But but uh, it's August first, and you'll be one of the first to know when it's done. So you can let your listeners know when it's done. Somewhat well, aggressive. Uh, launch it. My email is just those things on our players paradigm, uh, Instagram and then uh, paradigm sports baseball on Instagram, and then we have a paradigm sports, um, at paradigm sport on Instagram as well. So, at uh, paradigm sport is both happening with the gym, kind of general fitness training, and then paradigm sport based specific to what we're doing with baseball.
0: Cool, cool. All right, Joe, man. Yeah, I can hear you. Now, now I can hear you. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll include all that stuff in the show notes. So in case people missed it, or, you know, you were kind of cutting off a little bit, we'll have that in there. So, um, people, people can check that out there, which they will have access to both. So Joe, dude, I'm, I, you know, no worries about all this. Well, next time we'll just have to do it when you're actually at the gym and, and, and all that good stuff. We can see your beautiful face. Like my wife says, I'm not just a pretty face.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate I'm sorry for all the technical difficulties. That was my fault. And, uh, Yes, next time we'll do it where I'm at a desk.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, th- hey, thank you for your time, man. I know I know, the drive home usually is time to defrag and you get to listen to your Taylor Swift songs and get to sing and stuff like that. It's nice to hear you sing sometimes.
1: <laughs> but you got it, man. I-, I always love catching up with you, Joe. All
0: right, brother. Well, hey, take care over there and good luck at the Stanford camp this week.
1: All right, thank you, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bud. Okay, bye-bye.
0: All right, bye.